Welcome to this exciting teaching about baptism with the Holy Spirit. When Peter stood up on Pentecost, he said, Repent, get baptized in water, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. And then he said that this promise is for you, your children, and all God will call on. What promise? The promise of the Holy Spirit. Because just before he said that, they all got baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then he spoke about a prophet many years ago called Joel, who was prophesying that in the end time God will pour out his Spirit on all flesh. So all should experience dreams, vision, and so on. So the promise of the Holy Spirit is for everybody. And if there is an area in the church where there have been a lot of misunderstanding, then it's the area about baptism with the Holy Spirit. And that is why our churches today look so different from what we read in the book of Acts. So I think you will love this teaching and this teaching will provoke you, at the same time set you free and help you to know what it's all about, to help you to get baptized with the Holy Spirit if you have not yet experienced that, or to help you to understand that you who have the Spirit are called to go out, lay the hands on other people, so they may also receive the Holy Spirit. God bless you with this exciting teaching that will help you to come into the life we read in the book of Acts. Welcome to this teaching. This is lesson number 11 on the Pioneer School. And today I'm going to talk about baptism with the Holy Spirit. We are head about repentance toward God, baptism to Jesus Christ, and now is baptism with the Holy Spirit. And I look so much forward to share this word with you. I'm so excited about this word because I believe that this is going to change your life. This is going to change many people's lives. Because if there is an area where there have been a lot of wrong teaching and misunderstanding in the churches today, then it has to do with baptism of the Holy Spirit. And because we have not understood what it's all about, the churches today look so different from the normal Christian life we read in the book of Acts. And remember, we always have to go back and try things by the word. And by the what we read in the book of Acts, how the first disciple was living. And if you see in the book of Acts, you see a supernatural life being led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was a part of the church. He was building the church, leading people. And then something changed. And this is what many of us is building on today. And there is a lot of fear when it comes to the Holy Spirit. It's like, no, 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 we don't want the Holy Spirit. We only want Jesus and God. And so interesting, because if you look at when Jesus came on earth, he was sent by God to earth 
to get people to repent to God. But the religious people who believed in God at that time, they said, no, 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 Jesus, we don't want you. We only want God. So they didn't receive Jesus. Now, Jesus is have gone to heaven and he have sent his Holy Spirit down here on earth. And now we also have religious people who just say, no, no, Holy Spirit, we don't want you. We only want Jesus and want God. No, no. The Holy Spirit is here to reveal Jesus. The Holy Spirit is our helper. He came here to earth, sent by God to us. And we cannot say, no, we only want God or we only want God or Jesus. No. If we want to be a true believer, we need to repent toward God. We also need to get baptized to Jesus Christ. But we also need to receive or get baptized with the Holy Spirit. So I look forward to talk about the Holy Spirit and baptism with the Holy Spirit today. I'm going to share some testimony and, and come with our introduction here in the beginning. And then I'm going to build, come with some uh, foundation about baptism with the Holy Spirit. We are going to look in the book of Acts how they did it. And then we are going to, I'm going to come with practical things, how you get baptized with the Holy Spirit, how you baptize other people with the Holy Spirit. I'm also going to talk about speaking tongues and how we can use that. Because when talking about speaking tongues, this is also area where there have been a lot of misunderstanding. I know many Christians, they think speaking tongues is just speaking, 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 but we can use speaking in tongues. To get revelation. We can use it to come close to God. To get vision. To get prophecy. We can use it to be effective in the kingdom of God. I can share a testimony about being led by the Holy Spirit. Seeing a vision. Speaking in tongues. Uh, nearby here where we live. We have a school. On that school some years ago. I was studying religion. And one day I was going to go to class to have religion. But that day I have got our classroom, so in the dinner break, I want to invite people to the classroom and then talk about God. And before I went there, I was home praying, and when I was praying, I speak in tongues, and, and I used that to like get close to God, to understand what God is saying. And when I was speaking in tongues, I saw a vision. I saw something in front of me and I did it. And I saw a man in front of me with a bag shoulder. So at my praying home, in my living room at home, I dig like this. Oh, oh, and this person got healed. And then I heard something behind me. And, and at home I turn around, I put the finger in one ear and I removed the finger and this person got healed. It was what I saw. Then I went, I had to hurry up, so I went to the school, I had the classroom, and I was sharing about Jesus. And there came about 30 people in there. And when I shared about Jesus, uh, I asked afterward, anybody who's sick, there was a man, he, he said, I had problem with my shoulder. I said, come up. And he stood beside me. And when I put the hand on the shoulder, it was like, whoa, it was exactly what I have seen. 20 minutes before at home. And it was the same shoulder, the same height. <laughs> and I put the hand on the shoulder and this man got healed. And immediately he got healed. I heard somebody behind me said, can God also heal tinnitus? And I turned around and there was a woman sitting there. 
and I put their finger in the ears exactly what I have seen in the vision 20 minutes before. And when I removed the finger, everybody was quiet in the class. Everybody looked at her and she was like, I'm healed! And everybody started to talk again. And I talked more about Jesus. So I saw the vision. I experienced it. And then later it happened. What more happened was that um, when I was finished, I had to hurry up to the classroom where I was going to have my teaching, where I'm going to hear about religion. So I was in a hurry, so I was running there, and I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit at that meeting. And when I was running, I almost felt like the Holy Spirit, I rung f- f- uh, faster than the Holy Spirit, and then the Holy Spirit came up again. It's not easy to explain, but I felt it that day. It's not like I'm feeling that every day. I, I don't go by feeling, but I felt it that day. And then something interesting happened, because when I came into the classroom, I sat down. Then they were saying the names of the people who were there, and the the teacher was standing and said the name. And then when she said my name, Torben, yes, when she said my name, something happened. A man stood up and shouted and took his bag, his bag, put on a chair, and said, no, I cannot be here in this classroom and start to pack his bag. And say, I cannot be in this classroom anymore because I have just heard a name. And I cannot be in this room with this name. And he was shouting. And the teacher, hey, hey, sit down. What is wrong? And he shouted and she started to cry. And it was so crazy. And he just said, I cannot be in this room with this name. And he took his bag and he went out. He never came back again. Nobody knows what happened. He never came back to the school again my friend there when he saw that he turned to me he was Christian he said Tom it was a demon I said yes it was I didn't pray there because I was so much in shock what happened and then I remember in the book of Acts chapter 19 you read that there was some people who didn't know God they were not filled with the Holy Spirit they tried to cast out a demon on somebody and the evil spirit answered them but can I even spirit answer? Yeah, yes, it can. It answer, Jesus I know and Paul I know about, but who are you? So the spirit knew Jesus and have heard about Paul, but not those people. But here when my name was said, the spirit manifested. Because that spirit, that day, I was filled with the Holy Spirit, the spirit know me. When I share a testimony like this, for many Christians, it's like, no, 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 no. Be careful, be careful, be careful. No, no, we don't have to go into the occult. But they have nothing to do with the occult. It had to do with Jesus. It had to do with the Bible. To be a disciple of Jesus is to live a supernatural spiritual life. And there is a lot of fear in the church today. One of the fear have to do with many of the church think that that the Holy Spirit and the gift of the Spirit have to do with Pentecost, something new, something that happened hundred years ago. But but this is not something new. Yes, many things got destroyed during the Catholic Church and the Lutheran Church. But there have always been people who have lived by the Holy Spirit, who have walked with God. Always. 
I have a Danish book here. It's, it's only in Danish. I don't think it's in English. The, the title of the book is 2000 Year with the Holy Spirit. Here the author go to the church history. In year 300, what happened? 400, 500, 600. All the last 2000 years. And he shows that we today have 2000 years of history with the Holy Spirit. There have always been people who have been speaking tongues and prophesying and being led by the Spirit. It had been through the history. So to say that the whole part is a Pentecostal thing is not true. It's a Jesus thing. It's what we read in the Bible. And I, if I, another thing when it comes to the fear, I believe the fear in the church today is because there is a lot of things happening in the church today. Out, out, out there, there is crazy. They do a lot of things, spiritual things, and say that this is by the Holy Spirit, and so I don't believe everything is by the Holy Spirit. And I believe we need to go back to the Word. We need to try everything by the Word of God. And I have seen people have spiritual experience, and they say, oh, more, more God, more God, it's the Holy Spirit who's working in them, where I'm like, I'm like, no, this is not the Holy Spirit, this is a demon manifested, come on, you should not say more Lord, more Lord, when it's a demon, then you have to cast the demon out of them. So there is a lot of things that have crept into the church today, who's not by God, who's not the Holy Spirit. I believe that. I see it. And I, I travel around and I see many things. And, and, and I see especially like the manifestation. Many things like, oh, it's the Holy Spirit where it's really demons who's manifested. And there you should not say more Lord, more Lord. There you should cast the demon out. So we need to try everything by the word of God. And I see that we should build on two things. The spirit and the truth. If you only go by spirit and supernatural experience, you can be deceived and you can go wrong. And we see that. No, we had to have the spirit, but only also the truth, the word of God. And what I said here before with this experience, I spoke in tongues, I got a vision, the Holy Spirit. For many Christians, it's like, whoa, it's wrong. But hey... Read the Bible. Read the book of Acts. Read what... In the book of Acts, you read those things, as I said. So because somebody is deceived in some ways, don't mean that we should throw everything with the Holy Spirit out. And this is what we see today, because there is some people in the other side of the church today who say, no, no, we don't want this, and by that they throw everything away. And they believe they are building on the Word, but true, if, but they are not, because if they were really building on the Word, their life would also look like what we read in the book of Acts. So what I want in the last Reformation... In, in my ministry and what I believe God has called me to is to unite the spirit and the truth. The word and the spirit. We need to build on this. I want to say we as Christians, to be a disciple of Jesus is to live a supernatural life. I think it was in lesson two I talked about that Jesus is not a religion. He came with life. Christianity is not a religion like every, any other religion. This is life, supernatural. 
And I can give a testimony. I was just short time ago in a TV program in Denmark, Danish TV, where I was together with a famous uh, uh, Jew and with a famous Muslim. And the Muslim was a radical Muslim, a, a girl, a woman who was a politiker at the same time, and very known in Denmark. And we three, me, Muslim and Jew, we were talking about homosexuality. And there was a case we were talking about, and we were talking out of our belief and what I was talking out of what the world was saying. And after that, I was together with this Muslim, and we were sitting and talking, and I said to her, tell me of your experience. What have you experienced with God? Tell me. And she said, oh, oh, I got a good feeling and I feel this is right. And, 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 and when I'm together and doing the things and praying, I feel this is right and it gives me a peace inside. And this is what she said. And I said, okay, tell me more. What have God, God done? How have he talked to you? How have he led you? How have he, you experienced supernatural things? Tell me more. But she didn't have more to tell. Why? Because it was just religion. And this is what many Christians also say. When I say, tell me about your experience. Oh, it gave me a peace and I feel it's right. Tell me more. But they don't have more to say. Because also for them it's just religion. But Jesus came with life. We should be led by the Holy Spirit. And to this Muslim I then say, listen... And I start to tell testimony. And she starts to ask. And in one and a half, two hours, I was just sitting, sharing one testimony after another. And she was asking questions about God and about my faith. And it became so clear for me, also there, that this is not religion. Jesus came with something totally different. But many Christians believe and many outside the church believe that Christianity is a religion like every other thing. But there is a difference. If you meet radical Muslims, they don't have anything that, oh, it feels good and I believe this is the truth. There is no supernatural life. There is no testimony. And then when we talk about New Age, okay, there is some people who have stronger testimony there. But they have nothing compared with what we experience. I have many people from New Age, the cold world, who's coming to me. Because what I experience is so much more real than what any of them experience. Yeah, they see some healing, but not the same power as we do. Yeah, they experience something, but not the same strength as we do. Just a few days ago, I got a phone call. I was out walking a month ago. I was on the library. On my way home from the library, I heard somebody ask the woman who was working there where he could find some book about the supernatural, I think UFO and things like that. And I just heard that and then I went out. When I went out, I experienced the Holy Spirit says, go back, go back. So I went back, I went to him, talked to him and talked about God and Jesus. I, and I could feel he was very interested in the supernatural, but he was not interested in Jesus. He was not interested in Christianity. But I just talked with him, gave him my card. Two days ago, he called me and said, Tom, I, I need to talk to you. You met me one month ago and I've been thinking about that. And I believe, I believe you were sent by God. 
because three days before you came, I shout up, God, if you are there, send somebody to me. Help me. I'm sick. And then you came. And, 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 and he said that he's not so much into this, but there was something that was different. So he wants to meet with me, and tomorrow I'm going to meet with him. He also said, I, I'm a, I, I have a lot of companies. I drive in a big car, but I have a lot of money, but I'm not happy. No, you're not happy. He needs life. He got a lot of supernatural experience, but nothing compared to what we experience. So when I'm going to him, I'm just going to share some testimony. And he can see that what we are coming with is more than just coming in a church and be a member. Jesus came with life. One of the misunderstandings when it comes to the Holy Spirit is also that there is a difference. Between experience the Holy Spirit and getting baptized with the Holy Spirit. I know many Christians who have repented toward God and, and have got a supernatural experience by that. The new heart you experience when you repent. And they're like, whoa, now I have the Holy Spirit. Yes. The Holy Spirit is also in repentance. The Holy Spirit also works in baptism water. But you still need to get baptized with the Holy Spirit. So there is a difference between coming to faith by the Holy Spirit. Nobody can come to God unless the Holy Spirit draws them. There is a difference between coming to faith by the Holy Spirit and getting baptized with the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was here on earth, he talked about repentance, but there was something he could not do. The new life was still not started. But after the cross, something break. The thing, the sin was put on him. So we now could come in and get relationship to God, to God by Jesus Christ. And when he rose up again, he came to his disciple in John 20, 22. And he said, as the Father has sent me, I send you. Receive the Holy Spirit and he blow on them. There, they, I believe they got born again, the new birth, the way, same way we experienced after the cross. They received the Holy Spirit. But he still says to they, those same people who he said received the Holy Spirit, he said to them, wait in the city until you get baptized with the Holy Spirit. So there is a difference between getting saved or coming to faith by the Holy Spirit and getting baptized with the Holy Spirit. And I see that many have misunderstood that because they believe they have everything because they have, have a spiritual experience. If you look at Jesus, always look at Jesus. The Holy Spirit was not only in Jesus baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus got also conceived by the Holy Spirit. He got conceived by the Holy Spirit. The same way we need to get born again by the Spirit. He got then baptized with the Holy Spirit. We also need to get baptized with the Holy Spirit. He mature, he experienced wisdom and revelation by the Holy Spirit. The same way we should. He overcome temptation by the Holy Spirit. The same way we should overcome temptation by the Holy Spirit. He was anointed by the Spirit to service the same way as we when we received the Holy Spirit. He was filled by the Spirit, walked in obedience toward God by the Holy Spirit. He saw death 
in their eyes without fear by the Holy Spirit the same way as us. He healed by the Spirit. Jesus was raised from the dead by the Holy Spirit. The same way we are raised up to a new life by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is much more than just speaking in tongues. But it is also. And this is the sign. One of the signs I'm going to tell you. But it's much more than speaking in tongues. The Holy Spirit is our helper. When Jesus spoke, spoke about what would happen when he would go away and he would send the Holy Spirit. He used the word the helper for the Spirit. The helper would come to you. He will point to me. He will read reveal the truth to me. He would witness, reveal the truth to you, and the truth will set you free. He will witness about me. So the Holy Spirit is a part of everything. And in the book of Acts, you read that the Holy Spirit spoke to the people. They, They got vision, and the Holy Spirit spoke again. And a place you read that it seems good to the Holy Spirit and us. So it was not only what the first Christian, it seems good to them. No, it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us. You read about that in, in the book of Acts 15:28. So it was, the Holy Spirit was a part of the first church. But during the Catholic church, we got a big church system. And the Holy Spirit, and it had been like that. So we need to go back to the word of God. And we need not only to repent toward God or baptize to Jesus Christ. We also need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And we need to live in this life. Live by the Holy Spirit. So this is what the introduction to this teaching. I want to pray now because this is so important teaching. And because we had so much fear and so many glasses on when it comes to the Holy Spirit. So we need God to help us to get the glasses off. God, I pray for this teaching. God, I pray that you help me to share this word. And I pray for each person who's seen this, that this is going to be revelation for them. You are going to help them to come out of their fear, out of everything they have come into religion, everything they have come into false doctrine. And you're going to open their eyes to see what the word is really saying, so they can come in and get baptized with the Holy Spirit and live the life we read in your word, the life we read in the book of Acts. And help them also to understand that they are called to also go out and lay hands and baptize other people with the Holy Spirit. So help me to share this word in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, when talk about the Holy Spirit, I want to start with a little background about it. Why do I use the word baptism with the Holy Spirit? Some people have problem with that because the Bible says there is only one baptism. And there is the baptism. And look, baptism, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. There is only one baptism, the Christian baptism. Uh, but I use the word baptism with the Holy Spirit because Jesus used it and John used it. First time we hear about the Holy Spirit, we hear about baptism with the Holy Spirit. But more of that later. John the Baptist, he says in Matthew 3, I baptize you with water to repentance. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. 
He, and he's talking about Jesus, He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So Jesus will baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. And I will not use a lot of theology out of what baptism with fire is. I believe Somebody say, hey, we have to get baptized also with the Holy Spirit and later we have to have a baptism with fire. I don't see that. I don't see a lot of things where they say it's one thing or another thing. I believe the Holy Spirit and fire because fire is cleansing us. Fire getting united with God, getting united with the fire of God. Cannot stop telling people about God. Um, So it was what John said about Jesus. Jesus then lived his life here on earth. And after he rose again, he came to his disciples. And, and you read that in book of Acts chapter 1. That he came to his disciples with many proof that he was alive. And he gave them commandment. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised. And what gift? That gift. He talked about it. John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is saying the same words. And he said later, but also, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit come upon you and you will be my witness. So I want to say that John, he was talking about that Jesus who were going to come after him, would baptize with the Holy Spirit. And then when Jesus rose up again, he came to his disciples. He had blown on, on them and said to some of them, they received the Holy Spirit. But at the same time, he says, wait in the city until you get baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then after he rose up again, he came and said, in a few days you will get baptized with the Holy Spirit. And you read how that Heaven, what Jesus said on Pentecost, book of Acts chapter 2. They were gathered and the Holy Spirit came over them. And we're going to look at that a little later. What I want to say, when the Holy Spirit came over them, Peter stood up on Pentecost and he spoke something very interesting. He spoke about a prophecy many years years ago from a guy called Joel. And he said, this was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see vision, your old men will dream dreams, even my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. And this is very interesting what is happening here. What happened on Pentecost was something that was prophesied about many years ago. It was a part of the new covenant. Like we read last time when I talk about Ezekiel and other have prophesied Jeremiah that there will come a new time where God will give a new heart and put a new spirit within you. It was what was prophesied there. And there, when the Holy Spirit, not when the repentance and baptism water on the cross happened, but when the Holy Spirit was poured out of people, Peter stood up and said, This, right 
This was what is happening right now. Is what was prophet in a prophesied by Joel and others also. That God will pour out his spirit all on all people. And then he's talking about David prophesy, David see vision, David dreams dreams. In the old covenant, before that happened, we have the prophet who could hear from God, who can prophesy. In the old covenant, we have the priest who can go in in the presence of God. But now, God did something new. He poured out His Spirit on all people. Do all people mean every sinner? No. All people here means everybody who received. And you can see that later. He will pour out His Spirit on all people. And they will prophesy. They will see vision. They will dream dreams. And they will also do other things. They will speak in tongues, heal the sick, and do other things. And our problem is often we put things in a box. We think it should be exactly like there. So daughters prophesy, young men vision, old men dream dreams. So I have got many dreams from God. Do that mean I'm an old man? If you ask my kids, they will say, yes, daddy, you are old. But I'm, I'm 36, no, 37 years old now. But I've got dreams many years. But I also get vision. I also prophesy. So when Peter said this, it was not to put it in a box that, okay, you should have vision, or then if you're older, you should dream dreams, or if you are younger woman, you should, and younger, you should prophesy. No, it's not like that. But we put everything in a box. He just wants to confirm that the Spirit of God is going to be poured out of, of all people. Because the interest, just before he says this, just after he says this and talk about Joel, he says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, or you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. For this promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far away, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. What promise? What promise is Peter talking about? The promised promise of the Holy Spirit. So when Peter stood out of Pentecost, he said, repent, get baptized in water, and you will receive the Holy Spirit <laughs> that God have promised by the prophet Joel and other prophet, that he in the end that days will pour his spirit out on all people. All people who repent and get baptized will receive the Holy Spirit. Everybody who come to God will receive the Holy Spirit and they will prophesy, have vision, have dreams, heal the sick, cast out demons and live this new life. So, so when the Holy Spirit got poured out on Pentecost, when people got baptized with the Holy Spirit, it was the fulfilling of a prophecy God spoke about through Joel, 
Joel and through many other people that God will create something new where he will give us his spirit in our heart. And we will live the new life free from sin. I'm going to talk about that. And we will prophesy. We will see vision. We will dream dreams. We will live by the spirit the new life. And he said this promise about the Holy Spirit, about salvation, is for you and everybody God is going to call upon in the future. You and your children and children, children. But now we have people in the church today. No, 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 no. It has ceased. Everything has ceased. And then they take Corinthians 13 where it talks about that one day speaking tongues and those things would cease. Yeah, it, it would one day. One day we are going to see him face to face, Corinthians is saying. We are going to see Jesus as he is. And there we don't need somebody to heal the sick because we have him. Everybody's going to be healed. We don't need to speak in tongues to get more knowledge and understanding and, and be filled up in the spirit because we have him. We don't need to prophesy and get uh, him to speak to us because we have him. One day we have Jesus and we are going to stand in front of him. Everything is going to be good. And there we can see him face to face. But some people say that one day when we got the Bible, so we only need the word, we don't need this. And this is religion. We take one verse out of context and say that everything is ceased, everything stopped by the apostles. But this is the promise. This is the promise of salvation. This is the promise of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you and your children and everybody God is calling upon. That God will pour out His Spirit on all flesh so they will prophesy, have vision, speak, speak tongues, dream, dream, heal, and sing. You cannot say that, okay, 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 we want only the, this part, we want only the salvation and we don't want this. This is religion. For the first church to get baptized with the Holy Spirit was the promise, was what God had promised, was the revealing, you know, the fulfilling, was the fulfilling of the word that was prophesied many years ago through the prophet of Joel, through the prophet of Ezekiel, that he would give us a new spirit within, and so on and so on. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not something extra. If you just want to get baptized for ministry, you can do that. But we are all safe and we don't need that. Sorry, I don't see that in my Bible. And it was so wrong if you have understood what the first church was talking about. And if you don't give, get this life, I guarantee you, your life is, going to, is never going to look like you read in the book of Acts. And we need to ask ourselves, what do we want to build on? Do we want to look like the Catholic Church, the Reformed Church, the Baptist Church, the Methodist Church? Or do we want to live with Jesus the same way as we live in, read in the Bible, in the book of Acts? This is the word. Because if you say, I want to build on the Catholic Church, okay, 
But if it looked like this, if you say the Lutheran church, if it looked like this, if you say the Baptist church, if it looked different, if you say the Pentecostal church, if it looked this different. And why do you say Pentecostal church, Tom? Because they have the Holy Spirit. <laughs> to be honest, many Pentecostal church today is not Pentecost anymore. It's like every other, the Spirit has died out. But we need to live by the Spirit everyday life. Okay, the Holy Spirit have also something to do with sin. Because Jesus came to save us from our sins. And we need the Holy Spirit to live the holy life. We need to get baptized and live by the Spirit to live the holy life. And Roman 8 is talking about somebody who is living by the Spirit, who have received the Holy Spirit and who is living by the Spirit. It's like if I say to you, you may not think of an elephant. Don't think of an elephant. Stop thinking on a, of an elephant. Now you're thinking of an elephant, but I say you are not allowed to think of an elephant. But you're doing it right now. You didn't do it two minutes ago, but when I said you are not allowed to think of an elephant, then you start to do it. Many Christians have got told all the time what they are not allowed to do. And they try to... Focus on what they are not allowed to do instead of focus on the new life. Because when you are getting on fire, when you are united with God by the Holy Spirit and you live this life, then you are focused on the new life. You are living the new life and it's so exciting life being led by the Spirit. And there is so much more to focus on. So you don't think of sin because you are filled up with other things. But many don't have the spiritual life. And because they need something instead of sin, something new, they're fighting and struggling all the time with sin. Those people need to get baptized with the Holy Spirit, need to be led by the Spirit. And then they're so filled up with God and the Holy Spirit that they don't have time to look back. They don't have time to think of an elephant or think of sin. And if you read in Romans 8, Brothers, we are debtors, but not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. But if you live after the flesh, you will die, must die. But then the Bible says, if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you shall live. So how do we put to death the deeds of the body? We do it by the Spirit. If we walk by the Spirit, we are not under the law. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you receive not the spirit of bondage unto, uh, again unto fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Abba, Father. The spirit cry out. If you look at it, it's like cry out. When you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you got filled up and you something come out of you. This is If you go to the Greek and look at the text, it's like the spirit shout, Abba, Father, Abba, Father. We have seen people get baptized with the Holy Spirit. Abba, Father, start to praise God. For, that, 
For in one spirit we were all baptized. We are baptized by one spirit into one body. So, so it's about the baptism of the Holy Spirit is like the revealing or fulfilling of the prophecy that came many years ago. Ephesians 1 is saying that the Holy Spirit is like the guarantee of our inhabited. One day we're going to receive it. So when we receive the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is like our guarantee. The Holy Spirit is like the last thing of the... If we repent and get baptized in water, we will receive the promise that was given many years ago, that God will pour out His Holy Spirit on all flesh. So the baptism with the Holy Spirit is not a Pentecostal thing. It's not only for Pentecostal people. The baptism with the Holy Spirit had to do with the promise God had given us. The prophecy. The new covenant. The new covenant. When Peter stood up, he said, What is happening here? Is what had been prophesied many years ago. The new covenant. That God will save his people. He will pour his spirit out of all flesh. And the people heard that. And they repented. And they got saved. By the repenting and baptizing water. And of course they received the Holy Spirit. So to receive the Holy Spirit in the first church was normal. It was a part of it. And it should be the same today. And I've seen hundreds of people, many people receive the Holy Spirit. And I often, when I meet people, I, I ask them, hey, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you came to faith? And many are like, no. And I, okay. And then I pray for them and then receive the Holy Spirit. They get baptized with the Holy Spirit. And we need to understand that this, this is what the word is saying. And you have to ask yourself, what do I want to build on? Do I want to build on my religious traditions? Or what the world is saying? And like many other things, here you see the problem with our boxes today. Because they are not building on the word. They are building on a wrong foundation. And many people are deceived today. And that's, that's why teaching like this is going to provoke you. But it's so clear. Baptism with the Holy Spirit was what was prophesied many years ago. Now we're going to go through the book of Acts and see how that happened. The first time you see the book of the Holy Spirit come upon was on Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost came, they, there were 120 people gathered. They were all together in one place, 120 people. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. All of them. I want to take this and show. There were 120 people gathered. How many out of those 120 people were filled with the Holy Spirit and start to speak in other tongues? All of them. Every one. So be baptized with the Holy Spirit. This promise is for all people. And they all got filled with the Holy Spirit. 120 people. And they all 3,000 got filled. And I believe they all 5,000 got filled. Everybody got baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit in the first church. Because it should be like that. 
But we have a doctrine today who said uh, maybe it's only for a few people. And the few people is not me. Every other people. No. This is a promise for all people. On Pentecost, they all start to speak in tongues. Tongues uh, is language. Uh, speak language. This is what it is. But there's different kind of speaking language. There's different kind of speaking tongues. I'm speaking tongues now. I speak English now and my language is Danish. But there is also a supernatural language, this program Pentecost, where they spoke and people from other countries where they normally could not speak their language, they could understand what they are saying. And this is also something happened today. I've heard many testimonies of people who have received a language they didn't know. Suddenly they know it. Or they experience the Holy Spirit came over them and they start to speak. And when they start to speak, they speak in tongues, but people from other countries heard what they were saying. And when they came to them afterward to start to ask them what they were saying, they didn't understand their language. So they didn't know that those people understood them. And I also, it's not many weeks ago, I prayed for a woman who, who, who got baptized with the Holy Spirit. She started to speak in the personal tongue. This is also one of the tongues. I'm going to talk about that later. And then she started to speak in that first. Afterward, she started to worship God. Afterwards, she started to speak in another language. And there came some words out for I don't know if it was just their experience or, or something that continued. But I want to say that in Pentecost, the focus there that was that people from other countries understood what they're saying. And I believe that they also, of course, got the personal speaking tongues, where you don't speak to man, but to God. And I'm going to explain that when I come later, and we're going to see what the Bible is saying about that. But what I want to focus on there, that everybody received the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Next time we read about it in details, what is happening in book of Acts chapter 8 with Philip. And I want to say something there first. Because Philip came to Samaria and Philip, he was just going to help with the tables with practical things. But because of persecution, he was thrown up, thrown out in revival and he came to Samaria and many people got healed through him. And a lot of things happened. People came to faith and got baptized in water. But Philip, I believe for the, because Philip, he was not perfect also. He didn't know everything and he was just going to, just going to help with the tables and suddenly he was in a revival. So he didn't pray for them. He didn't do that. That mean, that didn't mean that he, it had to be an apostle who prayed for people to get filled with the Holy Spirit. For St. Paul, he got filled with the Holy Spirit by a guy called Ananias. He was just a disciple. But again, there is people who build doctrines out of what they think the Bible is saying. But Philip, a revival happened, but they have not there received the Holy Spirit. So the apostle came there, and when they arrived, they prayed for the new believers that they might receive the Holy Spirit. And this is the same way I do today. I come many places where there's new believers, but where the old Christians have not 
pray for them with baptism with the Holy Spirit because they didn't know how it was working. They have maybe not received it, but they have came to, they have repented, they got baptized in water, but they have not received it. So when I come, I always ask, did you receive the Holy Spirit? If they're not, I did the same, do the same as the apostles. You don't have to be an apostle to pray for people. I just want to say that. So here, they pray for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit has not yet come. Not yet come upon any of them. They have simply been baptized in the name of Jesus. So they came here to those people who was believer, but have repentance, get baptized in water. But they have not yet received the Holy Spirit. And this also shows that to repent and get baptized in water is not the same as receive the Holy Spirit. No, it's three different experience you get baptized in water and you repent toward God it can be over a period you can maybe you don't say exactly the right moment it happened but you know the right moment when you get baptized in water because this is not over a period it happened right there and the same place with the baptism with the Holy Spirit is also something that happened like that and I want to say here how did the apostle know that those people who was there have not yet received the Holy Spirit. How did they know that they were not baptized with the Holy Spirit? Because there is always a sign when people get baptized with the Holy Spirit. There's always a sign. And that was why they know that they have not received it. And there they lay their hands on them and they receive the Holy Spirit. What is the sign? We don't read right there what the sign was. We read in Book of Acts, everybody starts to speak a new language. Everybody starts to speak in tongues. Maybe it was the tongues where people understood them. We don't see exactly, or it was a new language we don't know here. But there we read, and we don't read what happened. But we read there was a sign. Some people will say, yeah, the sign is that they, they repent and they live a holy life. No, it was not the sign there. Because if the sign that they have received the Holy Spirit was repentance and holy life, then they had to wait a month or two to see that sign. But here, when they laid their hands on them, they received the Holy Spirit in that second they lay their hands on them. Not two months later. They could not see that. It happened in that second. And there was a guy called Simon. He saw this. Because the Bible says there. When Simon saw that the Holy Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands. He offered the money and said, give also the, this ability that everybody on whom I lay my hands, may receive the Holy Spirit. So he understood that those people received the Holy Spirit in that moment they apostle laid their hands on them. And he also knew that this was not only about the apostles. Everybody can do it. So he said, I also want that Ability, so everybody I lay, everyone, again, everyone I lay my hands on will receive the Holy Spirit. And the problem was not that he could not get the Holy Spirit and receive that. His problem was, his heart was not 
right with God because you cannot buy God's gift by money. You receive the Holy Spirit for free. And this is when Jesus also somehow said, what gift you have received for nothing, give for nothing. I believe he also talked about the Holy Spirit that was going to come out later. That we receive the Holy Spirit from, for nothing. We don't pay money for it. And we give the Holy Spirit. How do we give the Holy Spirit? By laying on of hands. So in that second, they lay the hands to receive the Holy Spirit. Do we believe Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever? And we said yes. Is the Holy Spirit the same yesterday, today and forever? Yes. Should people again receive the Holy Spirit when we lay the hands on them? Yes. Do people receive the Holy Spirit when we lay the hands on them? Yes. Do they do that every time we lay the hands on them? Yes. Yes, they do. If they understood what, understand what the gospel is all about, if they repented and ready, they do it. If we understand what it's all about, we pray for them and they will do it. Is there always a sign? Yes. So just because you don't see that in your church maybe, because you don't live this life, don't mean that this is not the truth. And I mean, for me, First time I pray for somebody to get baptized with the Holy Spirit. I've been Christian maybe six years. And it happened one time and then maybe after ten people I pray for it happened one more time. And then I pray for a lot of people and it happened. Sometimes it happened, sometimes it didn't. But when I start to understand what the word was saying, that we were called to baptize people not only in water, but the Holy Spirit. And it happened by laying on hands. And I start to understand that this promise is for everyone. Everyone. I start to pray for people in faith. Lay their hands and expect it was going to happen. And do you know what happened then? Everybody get baptized by the Holy Spirit. And I can say it now, in the beginning it was not like that. But the last year, I, I believe everybody I have had time with to sit down to explain it, they get baptized with the Holy Spirit. And I expect it to happen. I expect people not only to repent, not only to get baptized in water, but I expect them to get baptized with the Holy Spirit. And they start to speak in tongues, they start to speak other languages, they start to prophesy, they start to worship God, they cry. There is a Sign that those people get baptized by the Holy Spirit. And it should be so natural for everybody of us. But classes, religion, religion, tradition, church culture have taken, put the word of God out of power. So today, because there is many people who don't see this happen every time as a natural thing. Because they don't have those experiences. They build theology out of and then say, oh, it ceased. It's something that ceased with the apostles. Or they say, no, it's not for everybody. Or no, no, you get baptized with the Holy Spirit when you get baptized in water. And there is no signs. No, everybody, don't, not everybody speaking tongues. And there is a lot of things. And about everybody speaking tongues, I'm going to explain that later. So again, we need to go back to the simple thing we read in the book of Acts. 
Okay, chapter 10. There Peter, he came to Cornelius and his house. It was non-Jews. They were not Jews, and in Peter's mindset, they were still learning all the time, also through the book of Acts. I don't want you to say that they were perfect all the time, because if they were perfect, Philip had just prayed for them, and they had received the Holy Spirit. So remember, they are also new, and they are learning. And in book of Acts, chapter 10, Peter got led by the Holy Spirit to Cornelius and his house, and he didn't thought in Peter's theology that those non-Jews could receive the Holy Spirit. He said it somehow that this promise is for everybody. He said it, but he didn't understand it. But later, he got a strong experience, Peter, in the house of Cornelius, book of chapter 10. Because while he was still speaking, and there were Gentiles, while he was still speaking, these words, the Holy Spirit came over all that heard the message. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. And then he ordered them that they be baptized in the name of Jesus. Because now they have received the Holy Spirit like them. They have. So what hindered them in getting baptized to Jesus Christ? And the next time we read about uh, that the Holy Spirit come over people is in Book of Acts chapter 19. And we're going to look at that a little later. Uh, when Paul, uh, Paul came to Ephesus, and he asked them if they were, had received the Holy Spirit, and they haven't. So when he heard that, they were baptized in the name of the Lord, Jesus. And when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. And there were about 12 men in all. So this is the places in Bible you read in details more about how people receive the Holy Spirit. Look, the Holy Spirit came over all people there, 120. This promise is for all people. They lands their hands on those people who are there who receive. And this was come over all that heard the message in chapter 10. And again, chapter 19, it was all that were gathered, and there were 12 men. So the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Holy Spirit is for all people. And there is always a sign. They spoke in tongues in Book of Acts chapter 2, and they spoke in other languages. So people from other languages understood it. But I also believe there's personal tongues and other languages. Book of Acts chapter 8. There was a sign. You don't read what it was, but there was a sign. Chapter 10. They spoke in tongues and praising God. Chapter 19. They spoke in tongues and prophesied. So there was one thing that was common for everybody was that they spoke in tongues. Sometimes the spoken tongues, and I believe the spoken tongues, and people understood it. It was something extra there. And there the spoken tongues and praised God. And there the spoken tongues and prophesied. So it's like when you get filled up. I have a cup here, a glass here. If this glass is not totally filled, it's filled to this place. If I take more water and fill this glass up... When it's filled, it's going to run over. 
And I believe from our innermost being is going to come out as living water. When we receive the Holy Spirit, get baptized with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is going to come over us and fill us up. And when we are filled from our innermost being is going to come out. So when we are filled, it's coming out of our mouth. By speaking tongues, the person speaking tongues, speaking tongues, other languages, speaking tongues, praising God, speaking tongues, prophesying. Can you see it? This is, that's, this is what the Bible says. There is always a sign when people get baptized with the Holy Spirit. But I believe there is a lot of misunderstanding because in Corinthians there is one verse where it says that not everybody speaks in tongues. But you have to understand that there is different kind of speaking in tongues. For example, on Pentecost, they spoke in tongues. And one thing you also read there, you don't read the other place, but you read there, that people from other countries, nations with other languages, understood what they were saying. And they were so shocked and out of it because they understood everything they were saying. But in Corinthians 12, Paul is talking about speaking tongues. He said, everyone who speak in a tongues does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. So he said, everybody who speak in tongues speak not to man but to God, because nobody understands them, because they speak mysteries to God. But this he's saying here is so opposite what we read here. Here we read the spoken tongues and everybody understood them. Here we read when you speak in tongues, nobody understands you, because you speak mysteries to God. How can Paul here say that Nobody understand when you speak in tongues because you speak mystery. There you read that everybody understood them because there is different kind of speaking in tongues. There, the Bible said that in Corinthians that there is different kind of tongues. There's four, as I know. If I said speaking tongues is speaking language, I speak a language now, I speak English, or try to speak English, my language is Danish, so I'm much better than to speak Danish than I have to speak English, but I speak a language. I got that language when I got born many years ago, my mother. When I came out, I got born in the physical world, I got a language and I could speak. I need to learn it, but I could speak. Then there is the personal speaking tongue, where I speak mysteries to God, where you don't understand, no man understand what I'm saying. It's between me and God. This is my tongues. And this is a personal speaking tongues. I believe this is for everybody and this is what you get when you get baptized with the Holy Spirit because that personal tongues so every other gift is to equip the church do you have the gift of healing you use it to equip the church to help the church to, to, it's not for you only it's for other people but when talk about speaking in tongues the personal gift is the only gift 
is only for you. It's a personal gift for you, not for other people. And that's why Paul said, when you are together with other people, use that tongues to get a prophecy, get a revelation. Use that tongues to give something so you are going to equip other people also. This is what he's saying in Corinthians 12 and 14. Then there is also another speaking tongues you saw on Pentecost where people get a physical language where other people understand what they're saying. Or the speaking tongues, for them they think they're speaking tongues, but people who hear it understand it. I know a guy here, a friend who, he got saved while he was in Africa. There was an African woman who started to speak in fluent Danish to him. And he was in shock, so he came to talk with her because he told her about Jesus. But when he came to talk with her, she was in shock because she didn't speak Danish and she didn't know anything about Denmark, what Denmark is. But he heard her speak Danish, but she was just speaking in tongues. And through that, he came to God. So there is that speaking tongues where we're not talking about the person speaking tongues, but we're talking about the speaking tongues where other people understand them. And there is a speaking tongues also, we can say, where, where you physically get a language, where we have heard of people who are missionary, who travel to a country who could not speak the language and God came over them and they learn it in, in few hours or immediately or something like that. So, we also hear about that, that this is also happening. So there is different kind of speaking in tongues. And our problem is that we take one word, it's not everybody who's speaking in tongues, and put that to every kind of speaking in tongues. I will also say that no, it's not everybody who speaks different languages. This is not something we can just do. I cannot pray for somebody who wants to go to China and then I just pray for him and he speaks Chinese. No, I cannot do that. I cannot give him that gift. This is up to God. But I can give him the Holy Spirit. So he get the personal speaking in tongues. And Paul, he's talking about personal speaking in tongues. And he also said, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. And I believe that speaking in tongues was one of the secrets behind Paul's strong life with God. So next time I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit, I'm going to focus about some of the things Paul experienced. But the secret behind Paul's life was he spoke a lot in tongues. And this is also what I do. I speak a lot in tongues. And this is what I encourage everybody to do. I just want to say that when we talk about Corinthians... Corinthians, I don't want to go through the whole letter. I want to explain Corinthians chapter 14, and then you can read it later. There is a lot of misunderstanding about Corinthians. And the misunderstanding is that Paul wrote the letter to the church of Corinthians. That church was a church who Paul says also is so keen on the gift. They are using the gift all the time. And he wrote the letter to them and not to a Lutheran church, not to a Catholic church, not to a Methodist church, not to a Baptist church. He wrote the letter to those people. And in his letter to those people, he says what he said. If Paul were writing to another church, he would say something different. And this is where we often get lost in theology. We have to understand who the letter is from and who's, who the letter is to. And what, why he's writing what he's writing. 
And Paul is writing to that church who's standing up and speaking in tongues all the time. And when they're together, that your shila ba da 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 stand to speak in tongues. And Paul said, no, no, no. Hey, when I come to you, rather speak five words so people can get equipped by it than thousand words in tongues. If you just stand to speak in tongues loud, people don't understand it. And he also said that if you speak in tongues and there come some people in who's non-believer, who don't know what is happening, then they say you are all crazy. And we use that today and say, look, we should not speak in tongues when we are together. No, no. Paul also said, you can speak in tongues to God, you and God. And then you can get a revelation. Then you can get something you can share. But we have so much misunderstood what Paul is saying. And we take Paul's letter to Corinthians and use that against the word of God. To say it's not everybody speaking tongues and we don't have to speak in tongues when we are together. Well, people ask me, Tom, do you speak in tongues when you are together with other believers? I said, yes, I do. But you are unbiblical then. No, I'm not. Yeah, but the Bible said that you should not speak in tongues. No, 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 no. The Bible said that if we all stand up and speak in tongues and this is what we are doing, people will think we are crazy. So when we are together, when believers, we are together with family. We, they're not, there's none unbeliever there. So we are together and know what speaking in tongues is and there we just speak in tongues and it's very natural. And we speak shilabada to what? Me and God is speaking like I'm praying in Danish also. I can do it, me and God. But then when I pray, sometimes I don't pray loud so everybody can hear everything and they, they don't, they cannot hear what themselves is praying. I just pray, me and God, shilabada. And then I get a revelation and then I share it to the other. Then I get a vision and then I share it. So I, speaking to it helped me to get the revelation, to get the prophecy, to understand what God is saying. So you speaking in tongues, so when Paul is saying, when there come a non-believer in, then prophesy over him. Because if everybody was prophesying over him, he will see that God is there. So there is an order in that. Let me explain. Okay, I have been in a meeting where... Many people stand and speak in tongues. And using that to get a revelation. If somebody then get, get a vision. They are very loud to everybody share the vision. So, but I, I don't loud speak in tongues. I just speak me and God. I'm not afraid for it. It don't matter if them beside me see that I'm speaking in tongues. Because they are also speaking in tongues. And then when we get a vision, we share it loud. Then sometimes there is somebody who stand up and, and come with a loud tongue. And, and it's different. So everybody is being quiet. And there he do that because this is the tongue that has to be translated. Or I don't know the English word. It's not a translation. It's turbot. You have to interpret the tongues. And when I, one time there was a man who got it. And when he Gave this tongue, I knew it was me who had to get the, it was me who had to interpret. So while he was finished with that, I started to speak in Danish so everybody understood what God just spoke to this man. So this is, and sometimes there come a new unbeliever in who's ignorant. 
about speaking tongues. We explain what speaking tongues is so he understands it and now he's not ignorant anymore. Now he knows what it's all about and then speaking tongues become a sign for him. So if you understand those things, how it's working, that sometimes it's another language, sometimes it's personal tongues you can use to get a revelation so everybody understands it. Uh, sometimes it's one or two at a time where it's the t- tongues who have to be uh, interpreted and then only do it when there is somebody who can give the translation. If you understand all of those things and understand how this is working in everyday life, and also understand that the first church was not church like we have today. It was small house church where the brothers, Christians, was together. And that sometimes they just speaking tongues loud and, and was not afraid of it. But when they came an unbeliever in or a person who don't know about it, they, they need to stop and talk with him about it. Um, if you understand all of this and then read Corinthians. You will understand it in a new way. Suddenly you will see what it's all about. But if you are in a Lutheran background, a Catholic background, a Reformed background, and you read Corinthians, you will never understand what Paul is saying. And this is what, almost like he's saying here. And Paul's letter, Corinthians 13, have been so misunderstood. And this is what Peter also is saying. He's talking about Paul in Second Peter 3.16. He's talking about Paul when he said his letters contain some things that are hard to understand with ignorant and unable people distort as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. So when you talk, talk about Corinthians and or, or talk about Paul's letter, Peter is saying, that there is something in Paul's letter that is hard to understand with ignorant and all unable people. Misunderstand. You are ignorant and un- unable to understand what Paul is saying if you don't live it. If you don't live this life, you will not understand it. Then you will build theology out of it. But if when you come together, there is somebody who give a vision, somebody who prophesy, somebody who come with a loud tongues, and somebody came with the translation and interpret the tongues. If you experience that life, then you will not have problem with what Paul is saying. But if you don't have this life, then you will build theology out of it. And then you will get lost. And you say, no, it's not for everybody. No, it should be like this. No, it should be like this. But if you really want to build on Corinthians, then you need to prophesy everybody, every time somebody, unbeliever, come in so they will see that God is there and they will fall on their knees and worship God. But do you do that? No. But you just use the scripture to say that, no, this is not like that. So again, if you have not experienced that there is a person speaking tongues, where you can do it, also when you are together with others, you can speak in tongues, you and God. 
person speaking tongues, but don't stand on the pulpit in front of every other and just speak loud and do this as the only thing you do, because then you are not equipping the other people. But you can speak in tongues, and then you can use it to get a prophecy or something else so you can equip the other people. If you are not experienced a person speaking tongues, if you are not experienced that sometimes there come up big loud speaking tongues where everybody become quiet and somebody have to come and with the translation or interpret that tongues. If you don't understand that and don't understand that there is different kind of gift, you will so much misunderstand what Paul is saying. And this is the problem. The most people who get lost in Paul's letter get lost because they are ignorant when it comes to the spiritual gift. But when you first live it, it's like what I say with every other thing. If you first live the life and afterward read theology, read the word, it will become so much more real because now you understand what it's all about. But today, sad enough, there is people who take one thing out of contact because they're ignorant, they don't, they're unable to understand it because they don't, they're not baptized with the Holy Spirit, they don't live that life. And then they take something out and say that speaking in tongues is not for everybody, that there is no sign, that the baptism with the Holy Spirit is not something you need. If you are repentant and baptized in water, you have everything. Okay, we have to finish up. I want to finish up with some uh, questions. Okay, just to uh, say what I've talked about until now. Repentant, baptism, water, and Holy Spirit, we need all three things. Get baptized with the Holy Spirit. Get baptized with the Holy Spirit was the revealing, you know, fulfilling of the prophecy given many years ago. And this is for everyone. And when you get baptized with the Holy Spirit, you can see experience prophecy, a vision, and dreams, and, and the supernatural life. There is some people who have healed the sick without being baptized by the Holy Spirit. You can do that. Because healing the sick and some things have to do with faith. But when you then experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit later, it becomes so much more stronger. And we see baptism with the Holy Spirit, there is always a sign that you have received it. There is always a sign that people around you see that you have received it. And this is for everybody. Okay, how do I do it? If we go to Book of Acts chapter 19, Book of Acts chapter 19, you can read that Paul came to Ephesus. And Paul came there and he asked the disciples, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Uh, he's asking, Did you get baptized with the Holy Spirit? This is something he asked about. Did you get baptized with the Holy Spirit when you started to believe? And they said, No. No, they have not heard about it. So Paul started to explain what it's all about. And then he baptized them in water and he laid their hands on them. And they received the Holy Spirit. They got baptized with the Holy Spirit. What I often do today when I meet people and I ask them, did, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you came to faith? Last Friday I met a young guy and his brother. When I met him, I asked him, uh, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you came to faith? Did you get baptized with the Holy Spirit? And he said, no. Do you don't speak in tongues? No. 
I baptized in water. He said yes. So he had repented. He had got baptized in water, but he had not got baptized with the Holy Spirit. Hmm. So I asked him, okay, do you want it? And he said, no, I don't want that and speaking tongues. It's not me. And I was like, ah! And why do he say that? Because of religion. If he understood what the Bible was saying and what the word was saying, he would not have said something like that. So then I have to explain like Paul did there. I have to explain from the beginning what it was all about, like I did now. And I explained what it was all about. This young guy, he walked with crutches. So we went out afterward. I prayed for him with crutches and he got healed. And there are a lot of things happened because there was a musician who was standing playing beside him. He saw he got healed. So he was smiling and said, come to me, come to me. And we went to him. And he said, I also have a problem in the knee. Can you pray for me? And I said to this boy who have just got healed, now you pray. And he prayed for this guy and he got healed. Then there was another man who was selling newspaper. And he saw that. He Come, come, come. And we went to him. I have a problem in the back. Can you pray for me? Because he saw what happened and I let this guy pray and he got healed. So in five minutes, he got healed with crosses. He threw the crosses away. He could walk and he prayed for two one who got healed. So he was like, ah. so I asked him, what now? What do you want? I want the Holy Spirit. Because now he understood that there was so much more. So we went down in the parking garage where I often pray for people in our city where there is not so many people, we went down there, I took him in the hands, prayed for him, and he got baptized with the Holy Spirit, he started speaking tongues. There he started speaking tongues. What did I do then? Then we went home we to us, and we sat and talked. And he was just sitting there and looking, and said, how are you? Oh, I'm totally filled up. He was filled up by the Holy Spirit, and he spoke in tongues. When he spoke in tongues, it just came out of him. And he said like, whoa, whoa, it's not me who's speaking. It's coming from there. And later he wrote a letter to his whole family, also to me, where he wrote that. From the day to day, I have decided to follow Jesus. And he told his whole family what had happened. And he told his friend. He came in a small group in the state church where he met with them. And he told a testimony. He's going to go back again and tell a testimony. And he just wants to follow Jesus from now on. He's totally changed. Why did he got changed that day? Because he got the last thing. He got what he needed. Because I asked him, have you got baptized with the Holy Spirit? He said no. When he said no, I didn't just wait for God to do it, because he had commanded me to do it. Yeah, but it's God who baptized. Yeah, but he do it by laying on hands. When we lay the hands on, God do it. He have commanded us to go out baptize people. Us to go out Preach the gospel so they can repent. We shall baptize people so God he can set them free from sin. We shall lay the hands on them so God can baptize them with the Holy Spirit. So God needs us to do it. And I've seen hundreds of people get baptized with the Holy Spirit. I do it often. Why? Because every time I meet a believer, it's often like Ephesians, uh, Book of Acts 19, where there was some people who believed, but they didn't have the fullness of God. So I asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit? If they said no, I just laid the hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And they are on fire and life is getting changed because of this. 
How do you do it? I take them by the hands, get them to close their eyes, and then I said, just pray after me. Let's pray. Because if you pray, God will give you the Spirit. It's what the word is saying. When Jesus came out of the water, he prayed, and the Holy Spirit came over him. So I just pray, God, I thank you because you're going to come with your Holy Spirit and fill me, baptize me right now. And when I pray for them, I with the like I have like Holy Spirit now. And I experience Holy Spirit coming. And they are like, and often you can see it in their eyes. The eyes is going like that. And then I say, open your mouth, speak now. Don't speak English, don't speak Danish, don't speak a language you understand. You're speaking tongues. And when they start to speak, it just come out of them. And this is what we read. They got filled by the Holy Spirit and they spoke in tongues. That often people think they should come like this. Okay, if God give me those speaking tongues, he's going to move my mouth. And sometimes we experience it comes so strong that it just come. But very often the Holy Spirit fill them up, but they have to speak. And there have been a lot of misunderstanding about that, how people receive the Holy Spirit. But when you have tried, like every other thing you learn by doing. I was just in Canada when I was a woman. She said, I know I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I got an experience where it came and it filled me up and I was worshiping God, but, but, but I don't speak in songs. And then I said, okay, if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, then you have the personal speaking tongues because this is for everybody. But I don't have it. Yes, you have a sight of you. But I cannot let it out. Then we pray. And I pray for her. And again, I feel the Holy Spirit. I, I saw that she was filled with the Spirit. And I say, open your mouth and speak. And she said, I don't have it. And I command her, speak. And she started speaking. And you can see it was just some word she, she was doing with her head. It was not from her spirit. It was from outside. Upside here. But when she started and Break over that fear to speaking. <laughs> Holy Spirit came over her. She fall down and she was laying speaking tongues. And she was set free from fear. Because somebody had told her that speaking in tongues is dangerous. It's from Satan. So for her to get break through there, she needed the deliverance. Something had to set her free. And then she was laying speaking tongues. And the day after, she stood and she got baptized in water and she Gave her testimony and she was free. So speaking in tongues for everybody. And if I meet people who have not get baptized with the Holy Spirit. I share the gospel to them. And then I pray for them. If they don't immediately receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit and start to speak in tongues. I explain them what speaking in tongues is. That the Spirit come over them but they have to speak. It's not God, it's not going to possess their mouth. They have to speak. But again, we don't have want people to just say a lot of words all the time. We want people to have it from the Spirit. So what I often do is say, now I pray for you, say some words, just few words, three, four, five words. If you feel after saying some words that it's coming from there, you just stop and I pray more. And then you say our words again. Because it, we don't want it to come from here. We want it to come from here. But the first, when often when they start to speak in faith, suddenly it comes from here and it breaks too. And when, and when it comes from there, they know this is the Holy Spirit. 
But if people don't experience the baptism there, then I go back to the first and second step again and say, have you repented? Tell me about how you repented. Do you have a new relationship with sin? So I go back and talk to them about that. And then, if they have that, I then take the next step. Are you baptized in water? Because many people from a Lutheran reform background who have not baptized in water, it's not easy for them to receive the Holy Spirit the same way. And those people, I often see that they have to bury the wrong tradition, the wrong teaching. And they have to get baptized in water before they can receive the Holy Spirit. But everybody I work with the last years have received the Holy Spirit. Because, and they are starting to speak in tongues. And some have speaking other languages, some have prophesied, some have worshipped God. There's always a sign. So how do you receive the Holy Spirit? One thing is that by laying on our hands. Hebrews 6 is talking about that. That repentance from dead work, baptism, and then laying on hands. This is the foundation of our believers, what Hebrews 6 is talking about. So laying on our hands is receiving the Holy Spirit. Uh, so have you not received the Holy Spirit? Find somebody who have it and get them to lay their hands on you. So you are going to get baptized with the Holy Spirit. Have you received the Holy Spirit? Then you are called to lay hands on other people so they can get baptized with the Holy Spirit. And like every other thing you learn by doing. First time you are little, but after you have done it many times, you know how this is working. Another way to receive the Holy Spirit is that you can pray yourself. Uh, when Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and there will be open to you in Luke 11. He's in, in Greek, he's saying, ask, continue asking until you give, uh, until it be given to you. See, continue seeking until you find. Knock, continue knocking until it be open for you. This is what he's saying. And there he's, son, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. And he's later saying that if a son is asking for fish, his father is not giving him a snake. Or if he asks for an egg, he's not giving a scorpion. So he said, when you dares even are giving your children good gift, how much more when your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? It, don't be afraid. If you ask for the Holy Spirit, God is not going to give you a wrong spirit. He says that here in Luke 11. If you ask for the Holy Spirit, God will give you the Holy Spirit. But the Bible said we should be like children and, and we complicate everything with our religion and our doctrine. My wife, she was 11 years old. She didn't have a lot of doctrines. But when she was 11 years old, her mother and father got baptized with the Holy Spirit. And she also wanted that. So she went into the room and she asked God, God, give me the Holy Spirit. And there she got baptized with the Holy Spirit and she started to speak in tongues. And she got changed for that moment on. Nobody laid their hands on her. She was just like a child asking the father, give me the Holy Spirit. And he gave it. And this is what we need. We need to come back to the simple word we need reading about. We, don't, we should not complicate things. We need to come back and do it in faith. And then we will see that what we read in the word is the same today. 
So I know it's a long teaching and I want to end now. I want to say, if you through this teaching have think, oh, I'm not baptized with the Holy Spirit. I don't have a strong thing experience. I want to say that everyone I pray for now, when they get baptized with the Holy Spirit, they get strong experience. I didn't experience that myself because nobody was there to give it to me. I just started speaking tongues slowly. And I was not sure if it was really God, but I know it's God now because later I got some strong experience. So my experience was also not exactly the same as they were, but now I have it. But I want to say that I don't know where you are. Maybe you are not baptized with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you have received the Holy Spirit, but you don't speak in tongues because of your glasses and tradition. And if you really have the Holy Spirit, then you can speak in songs. But no matter where you are, I want to say that this is for everybody. Speaking in tongues is for everybody. Living the book, life reading the book of Acts is for everybody. And if you don't have it, seek, pray, ask, do something and get it. If you are in a church where nobody do it, then go to another church. Find some other people who know about baptism with the Holy Spirit and get them to lay their hands on you. If you don't have anybody just around you, pray and believe in faith and then you receive the Holy Spirit. It's so simple. And I want to say, if you have questions out of this, I believe there is a lot of questions because some of this is new. Then come with your Christians. Because next time I'm going to continue talking about being led by the Holy Spirit. And I want to start next time with answer all the questions there is to this teaching. Because this is not, this is an easy teaching to teach, but it's difficult because you who seen this is from so many different backgrounds and have so many different traditions. So some of you would have problem with some of it, some of you would have problem with other things, some of you is so natural, no problem with any of what I'm saying here. So I want to take time to answer the question. So send the question to me and I will take time in the next lesson to answer that. Now I just pray a prayer and then my wife is going to sing a song. God, I thank you for this teaching. God, I pray that you're going to open people's eyes to this teaching. And many people are going to understand what you are saying about baptism with the Holy Spirit. And I believe and pray that many is going to get baptized by the Holy Spirit through this teaching, God. God, when they pray in faith, you are going to come with your Holy Spirit over them in the name of Jesus, God. Thank you because also them who have it, they are going to start to be bold and pray for other people so they will receive the Holy Spirit, God. God, pray that you are going to come and work now also through Lena's song. It's going to be a song where you are going to work by your Holy Spirit, and trust everybody who's seen it. In the name of Jesus. Amen.